0: I wanted, after work, I wanted to just go scrapbook with my buddies after work.
1: Yeah, that too.
0: <laughs> well, you know, but I want to say all kinds of
1: All kinds. That's fine. Hobbies. That's all fine. Kinds of hobbies. I won't judge. Whenever I have a new idea for an app, one of the first things I do is go find a domain name for it. The company I use and have used for years is Hover.com. Hover.com has a clean and easy to use interface. They don't try to upsell me on a bunch of services I don't want or need and they provide free who is masking for the domains I register. So if I register a domain that's not directly tied to devchat.tv, people don't need to know that I'm the one that owns it. They also offer domains with all kinds of top level domains like .codes and .computer and others like .coffee and .pizza. So when you have your next idea strike, go to hover.com adventures to get it. Once again, that's Hover.com slash adventures. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Alyssa Nichol. Hey, hey. Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. John Papa. Hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about conferences. And and I think to get us started, Joe, before the show, you mentioned, you know, how, how many conference attendances is normal? And I, I'd kind of like to get the opinions from you guys i know you speak at conferences a lot and you know some of us have organized conferences but what do you think is normal like how how many conferences do you think people actually attend per year
0: personally i think max should be around 20 Uh, is that all (laughs) (laughs) if you get over 20 a year then you're probably getting a little
2: ridiculous (laughs)
3: wait like i can't tell if you're being serious or not
2: Oh, I'm totally not being serious.
0: <laughs>
3: okay, okay, cool. I was like, oh, dang, I am, like, so not even in his league.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are totally out of my league. Alyssa. You are, like, way up there. Just a in little. a
1: league of your oh, own. You, mm-hmm, you
3: there you think, go. Like, like, even for yourself or for, you know, people in your company that work for you or work with you, do you have, like, a number in your head of, like, even if it's speaking at or attending, of, like, this is a normal amount to go to in, in a year? Um, I think
0: that somewhere in the order of two to four, right? Uh, at, at a minimum, you, you should be attending one conference a year, but I think two is a more reasonable number. And um, yeah, that's that's my own personal opinion. So two is that should
1: so, or is that how many you think people are attending?
2: No, should. I'm saying. I'm saying. Let, let me play. Uh, let me play a game that I like to do a lot, which is why. Why does somebody have to attend a conference? Once a year.
0: Why does somebody have to? Because yeah. I because I told them to. <laughs> 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 no, I'm going with the should right. Like, what's good for your career? Okay. This is what I'm thinking about is, this, like, I want this 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 show for me is to talking about the role of com- if you're a front-end developer because uh, and or full stack right, you're a developer of some kind and I don't have experience with being like an embedded developer so I assume this could be applicable to them too but. What is, what is good for your career as far as both attendance and potentially even uh, speaking as far as conferences go? And I think that two to four conferences a year is good for your career.
2: I, yeah, just, I think it depends what you want to get out of it, too, because I look at it as I hear a lot from big companies that conferences are a waste of time because you're away from work. They cost a lot of money. It's the time away, not just the travel and the expense. It's the time away. And you're not really learning anything you couldn't learn in a video or better in a course or something else. But I look at it as you're learning how to communicate. You're learning how to learn from people who, you know, hundreds or thousands of other people who have gone to the same problems you have. Like if you use your time well at the conference, you're going to try to solve problems there and maybe find new ideas you've never heard of. And to me, that's, that's a big value as an attendee because uh, I've gone and and solved problems by talking with people like, wow, I've never looked at that that way. And come mm-hmm. back and use that immediately in my work. It's not to go mm-hmm. learn Angular. It's not to go learn how to use HTML to build a PWA with Angular. Uh, not to me. I mean, maybe to see, to get inspired by it. But I agree with you, Joe. I think people should get out once a year because this technology changes every freaking week. And yeah. if you don't get out at least once a year, you're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> when when did backbone go away you know <laughs> mm. so true
1: well yeah uh, no
3: i i think it's also like the mindset too like whenever you go to a conference or you just get back from a conference it's kind of like it gets your like brain cogs moving in a way that at least for me, I I can't do it on my own. And it's like you said, those conversations that you have with people and the pairing or just, you know, really Epic talks that for some reason, they kind of unlock things that I might've been struggling with. And I didn't even know, um, as far as like the actual dev things, I'd be like, wow, that that finally clicked or fell into place. And I, I really think it has to do with just the overall mindset of, um, just opening, yourself to be like, learn new things, be a kid again, or like just, just I don't know, mesh with other nerds. It's something that's hard to describe, especially if you're a dev and you've like never gone to a conference, which I have met. I have met them. So,
2: oh yeah. So <laughs> many people, so many devs. You You should really feel privileged and blessed if you're going to mm-hmm. conferences because there's so many people who don't get a chance to go.
1: Right, because yeah. well, the companies won't let them. That was the whole point that, that I was getting, to, trying to get to with Joe, just asking, you know, how many do you think people actually go to? And in my experience, talking to people, not very many. Most people don't go to conferences. I mean, you know, it, it's one every few years. It's not even one every year. And I mean, yeah, I I also kind of hear what you're saying there, John, where you're saying, you know, big companies sometimes see it as, a waste of time because you're not working, you know, you could learn it all on the videos and things like that. But, you know, the reason you go to the conference is for the things that, yeah, you can't do at home. And it's that interaction, it's that that thought process, that mind share that you get out of it and the interactions with other people.
0: That's some of the reason. I mean, there's other re- there's I, I wouldn't disagree that there are not overlapping concerns there, but if you want to talk about what are the benefits to the developer versus the benefits to the company, they are separate and they don't always overlap. Certainly because any networking that you do as a developer could potentially cause you to find an opportunity that will b- take you away from your current job, right? If you go and attend a meetup, you might meet somebody that's hiring that's like might offer you 20 or 30% more than, or just offer you a, what appears to be a greener pasture. That's that's a mm-hmm. risk a company's always got to take. And the best way to fight that is just to uh, just to have a great place. And as a company, I think you could also consider that if people want to leave – Keeping them around may not be the best thing for your company, right? Forcing somebody to stay, trying to put some kind of handcuffs on them, and then end Mm. up with a low-productivity employee who's unhappy to be there but doesn't feel like they can leave. That's not the best thing for your company either, right? But for the employee, there's, you know, uh, tons. For the employer, of course, there's all the things you mentioned. Just a more educated employee is always good. But also happier, right? Like, there's reasons to send people to a conference just because it, Creates happier employees, and happier employees stick around. If you're sending them to a couple conferences a year, then the job next door that won't send them to any, you got a, now an edge over,
1: over it, over well, that job. Yeah. The, the other thing is, is that it seems like every company and every team I've been on, you can nail down who the, the the A players are on the team, right? The people that that just really seem to get it, and it's not what they're doing at work. You know, for the employer, it it's not. It's not that. that Right. Oh they're spending they're spending an extra hour to working on my app. that's what's making them awesome. No it's the time that they spend outside of work making themselves better that is paying off for you and paying off for them because they're probably getting paid more but ultimately I, I think that's another thing that these companies kind of miss out on and that is is that by giving these folks the opportunity to go to the conference, you're allowing them to do the things that made you want to hire them in the first place
3: hmm.
0: Yeah. Thing. But also, I think it's I always want to talk to people about the fact that, hey, you don't have to be the best standout at your job to be valuable at your job. Right. If you spend all of your time comparing yourself with everybody else, feeling like, OK, I've got to be the person that everybody automatically knows is the star on the team, then that's not a good place to to be in. Right? There's, so if your goal is to try to be better than everybody else and that's why you want to attend conferences, there's better reasons to attend conferences. Just be, you know, go for yourself. Go for your own edification. Try to just be the best developer that you can be. And if you have a really intense personal life, which means you can't go home and spend 20 hours and the guy or girl sitting next to you who uh, has a way less intense personal life, they get to go and do that. Yeah, don't worry about competing with that person. But still, going to a conference is still super awesome and very beneficial for you.
2: Yeah. Quite often, I like to flip these kind of conversations around and and think about what are the problems you're trying to solve at work? What are the things that you're faced with in your career with technology? We often hear, how do you keep up? What Mm -hmm. technology should I use? X, Y, or Z? Uh, is this one going to be around next year? We hear this stuff a lot. Like people are trying to figure out where they should spend their time because time is the most valuable thing we have. Well, then you flip that to conferences. And go. How could a conference help me there? A lot of times, you might say, you know, I want to go to Google I/O. Let's say that's where you want to be for some reason. Look at that and say, what is it you're going to get out of there that could, you know, help with that time savings? Maybe you could look there and and figure out that I'm going to see if you know what's the next technology you need to look into. Is it? Something the Chrome team's using, is it Polymer, is it PWAs, is it AMP? Uh, You know, what do these things even mean? And maybe you just want to go get like a 20-minute taste of each of them to figure out which one of those is there. And most importantly, in my mind, get the temperature of what these are. Mm. Find out how do people feeling about these technologies. A lot of times you'll hear somebody at a conference, large groups talking about, yeah, yeah, you know, I really like this technology, but I don't see it going here until they solve A, B, and C. that's not something you can often read online or find in a course or somewhere else. Oh yeah. To me, that's a huge value. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's it's interesting. I, uh, I heard a financial expert once tell a bunch of business folks that, um, you should get three to five times what you out of anything you do, including conferences as you put in. So, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to spend $1,000 to go to a conference, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to make sure that you're knowing what you're going to get out of it and if that's worth it to you. And I, I really like the idea there, John, mm-hmm. of saying, yeah, before I go, what do I want to know? Who do I want to meet? What am I going to get out of this? It's going to pay off for me.
0: Yeah, there is so and there's so many things to get out of it. Just So I think that it's really valuable to go and socialize and meet new people, but maybe you don't feel like you're the most social person. Right, and so going out there and having a pressure of I gotta come home with you know, ten new friends that may not work for you,
2: right? <laughs> yeah. So will you case, be my friend? Fine. I can see Joe <laughs> yeah. walking around. Will you be my friend? I'm collecting them up. I got a little list. A, a list is like, I mean, no, go away. Like, I told you no last time.
3: <laughs> I'm like, you know, if you guys want friends, just don't don't say that, right? Like, <laughs> maybe after we'll talk about tactics because you can get friends at conferences, but just don't ask if you'll be my friend yeah that's yeah (laughs) don't take Joe's advice (laughs) (laughs) no I I love the for me personally I think I might overdo it um I think I've done if I got to do all the conferences that I want to do this year it would be five to six and so but that's it's kind of hard because I'm not attending any of them I'm speaking at all of them and so it's a little bit different as far as like when you go to a conference, I could see Joe, your number would be like two to four for attending. Um, Cause I feel like there's only so much in that, like I call them like seasons. <laughs> there's only so much in a season that you can really soak up and actually take away. And so um, for me, it's just, I am so freaking passionate about sharing and speaking and just meeting so many different types of devs. And I honestly I don't know if I would want to be a developer if I, I didn't get that side of it. Um, and it's it's literally the most fun and it's the most rewarding part of, of my career as a developer. And so, I don't know, I'm not really sure how many other people out there are like that. I think I might be definitely in the minority because I've met a ton of developers that are like, yeah, I could never get on stage. But even so, um, perhaps some of you could relate to the side of just camaraderie and community. And this, um, I don't know, It's definitely where it's at for me.
2: Right. There's also a trend of people going to conferences. I see, I see some of them, not everybody, but I see smaller groups of people who seem to go and they don't watch sessions. I know I don't watch a lot when I go because I watch a lot on YouTube. I usually just watch the keynotes and maybe a couple here and there.
3: Mm.
2: And then they don't necessarily go to workshops. They don't have technical conversations in the hallway and they pretty much just go to the parties. Uh, I've seen a couple of people, I've talked to folks who who do this too, and it, it's intriguing to me because like, if I just wanted to go have fun with my friends, I would probably just stay home and do that, you know, <laughs> and go out. So it just seems, it's really interesting to me. I'm like, wow, it's like a mini vacation in some cases. And I think in some ways, while that's fine for some folks, that is interesting because maybe, maybe that's why some offices feel like these are not a good use of time. I don't know. Mm. Um, but I'm curious, do you, do you see people doing that too, like going to the conferences and that's really all they're doing?
3: I have for sure. Um, I'm, I'm certainly, I, definitely some of those.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's, again, if that's how you like to vacation, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> I, know, I,
3: know, I know you're gleaning something, right? Like, here's the deal. If you're hanging out with them, even if the only thing you do is go to after parties, Nerd conversations are going to happen. You will learn at least one new thing that's going on in the industry. I, I don't care what you say. You will take away something even if you don't know it. And so I think that's hilarious if if that's, I I don't know, I'm, I'm in that group. Like if I if I had to take out a vacation, it would be with my nerd friends at a conference. But, <laughs> um, but no, I, I have seen people like that. And I, I do see your side of it. And I would love to talk more with you guys about, I guess, being um devil's advocate for companies and i think you know you do have to weigh how much velocity that like your team could lose um you know if if people are gone and the timing of oh we've got you know five front-end devs that want to go to this one conference um so i don't know what do you guys have anything to say as far as like from the company's perspective
2: yes John has <laughs> tons of about
3: us. You know, don't everyone speak up at once.
2: <laughs> I could write a book about this. I've worked for many large companies and small, and mm-hmm. I've had a very interesting experience trying to be a speaker and doing this. And the, the, the real nutshell of it is a lot of companies will want you because of your experience and the things you influence in the community with open source and other projects. Uh, the fact that you speak often will be a good thing. Not always. Sometimes they feel like that's, you know, people who speak can't actually do. I've heard that mm-hmm. before. Uh, but once they get you, a lot of times it turns to, that was great. We liked you because of this. Now don't do that anymore. <laughs>
3: yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? I don't get it. Clim
2: in, climb into this little box. Do not talk with those people. Go to the events, do speaking or blah, 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 or contribute oh, open source. Yeah. You,
0: yeah. you, you get. You get the job because of all the extra things you do and now stop doing those extra things because we want you to just do our stuff and we also don't want you to potentially find a new job.
3: <laughs> Wait, you guys have actually experienced this because I I've experienced where like also it was kind of sold as we do have these same values as you and then they get you and then it kind of like slowly comes out of not really. Yeah. The best advice I can give is stop doing that.
2: (laughs) You have got to like, even though sometimes, and I've never had somebody sell me a good bill of goods and then turn it. uh, It's always been very clear up front, but probably because I'm extremely open with people, probably more open than I should be. When I hear those kind of things, I really push back to go, what is your, I don't think it's a trick. I think it's more like their impression of, we want you to do this. And my impression of, we want you to do this may be different. Mm-hmm. So I really start pushing, how many events a year is okay with you? What can I do with these events? Will I be able to go to the events even if there's a release that you're looking at? Because I can't oh, tell.
3: So it's like, kind of like you say, yes, I have the same values as you, but it's like, okay, let's put down specifics of what that yeah. actually means Like because that's where it's not hitting the mark or matching up.
2: Yeah, and you need to talk that through. Like recently, flipping this to a different conversation, uh, there was a really, really qualified person I was looking to hire for my new team at Microsoft and the person's amazing and wonderful speaker. It's a dev relations role, super technical, wonderful communicator. Like every box was checked, uh, team fit, everything. And we had a conversation that kind of stuck in my head for a minute. And I think it stuck in his too was, do you feel good about travel? And I'm like, you know, me asking him and cause you have to travel doing dev a lot of times. And he was like, yeah, I can do some travel now. What really got down to the, the end of it was the amount of travel was the sticking point, right? A lot of people don't always get into that. And it turns out that my idea of a little bit of travel and his idea of a little bit of travel were very different. And we were able to really push onto this in a very friendly way to just say, look, this probably isn't the best place right now then for you because our numbers are different here on this and I cannot promise you that what you want is what's going to happen. And I found having those conversations up front whether it's about speaking or traveling or, you know, maybe you've got circumstances where you need to take care of a loved one where you have to be home certain times of the year. Those things, I, I went to this with my mom many years ago when she was passing away. Uh, it, having to be able to have special things like that, some companies have a different idea of it. And they might say, yes, we love this, but maybe their idea is, you know, different than yours. And it's so Isn't much it better just to
3: experience, like, that has led you to be able to even know to ask those kind of detailed questions? Because honestly, like for me, I wouldn't even think of it. I wouldn't even know. Oh yeah. Like remember to go into detail about, you know, these important bits. So is it just experience that has led you to have those Probably Yes. You know,
2: I've been burned a few times on it, but in a lot of times I just, when I hear things like, Hey, we'll be okay with you speaking. That's all they say. What does that mean to you? Uh, mm-hmm. For example, when I was at, when I was at Disney, because I used to work for Disney, uh, Disney is actually many different companies. And it was very interesting. There were times I spoke a lot, but I never, and this is me, I never spoke on behalf of Disney. Because I didn't want to ever give anybody the impression I was speaking about what I did there or how I did it or the things I built or representing them. Because, first of all, that's wrong. And second, that's not why I was there. I was there to talk about, you know, Angular or Node or whatever. And being able to separate those was important, but I know at different parts of Disney, there were different policies on, hey, yeah, you can go speak. Just do whatever you want and you know just don't mention Disney. In other places, it was like, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. I always had to have an open conversation. and I had, I think, six different leaders at Disney over six years. And every time I got a new leader, I had to have the open conversation. and It's always uncomfortable. Uh, and they were always very open to it. And We always came to an agreement on what I could or couldn't do. But that's so much better than just stressing and sitting there Mm -hmm. going, "Ah, I really want to go to this. I don't know how to approach it. Maybe I'll just do it and sneak it in or, you know, or maybe I'll ask and it gets very uncomfortable quick. So my best advice is just be so super upfront, very explicit and actually walk through scenarios. Like I actually worked out my last leader there, you know, how many days a year he'd let me go speak. And That was a good thing to know. So I could figure out, all right, if I want to do that, I could probably squeeze in X amount of conferences that way, um, you know, by only going for maybe two days each conference instead of going for the full three or four.
3: I I like that is just literally the coolest thing that you said about that is just, uh, you know, like new leaders, like and uh, like actually having those open conversations, because that's something where I don't know, I guess maybe naive, naive of me, but I thought, okay. The company says that they have these values. So, of course, whoever they hire um, to be over uh, the dev team has to have those values. And, and it's not necessarily true, especially whenever you're saying get down to the specifics, right? How many days. And yep. so I love love that you did that. And that's that's something I don't think it's really wise to do, actually.
2: Well, And, yeah, I- and you may not hear what you want to hear, by the way. And there's times yeah. you're going to hear when you get a new leader. Because you work for a leader. You don't work for the company a lot of times. Mm. You know, and your leader may be like, yeah, that was your last boss. I don't want you doing that. And that's also good to know.
3: I think it's better to hear that than, like you said, to stress about it and be like, how how can I make both of these things happen in my life? <laughs>
0: or, and <laughs> so really, yeah, they're, they're, uh, any company's core value is to do business and, you know, have commerce and make money. And that is what actually gives you a job. If they're not getting that done, they can't employ you. Right. So. When other things get in the way, they have, you know, a company has to make decisions. What, what is hurting us from keeping this going on? And those decisions may or may not be short-sighted.
2: But it's it's always try to think about the concerns the company's having too, right? You, for example, I, I had a friend once who was so valuable to a company I was at, and this person wanted to go speak a lot, or sorry, to attend conferences a lot, but because they were so critical to the business. They could never leave. They were always Mm -hmm. on call effectively. Like, what if something breaks tomorrow? Not at night, I mean, but like, if something breaks and you're away for three days, oh, my gosh, we can't do that. So that's when you start looking at, I'm going to make myself redundant. You know, find somebody else who can actually take care of the things when I'm not there. So that way, by the time Mm -hmm. you have the conversation, you're like, I've thought about these things. Here's what's going to happen. And you've also Mm got to earn trust. You've got to earn the trust of people that you're not going to be uh, an idiot, quite frankly. Like I've heard stories of people who got up on stage and worked for companies and gave away swag from that company. And it's like, uh, hello, you don't do that. You're like, uh, I'll make this up. Like you work for a car manufacturer and you're giving away like, you know, free, free cars or something. (laughs) You know, it's like (laughs) you just don't do that. It's or you tell them secrets like I shouldn't tell you this, but at this company, this is how we solve this problem. And here's what the code actually does in the back door to get in. (laughs)
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) People do these silly things. It happens.
2: It does. And it's like if you don't have that common sense meter, have somebody else like preview your talk. And so you can so you don't make that big mistake. So you got to earn trust. I mean, a lot of people tell me they had no idea I ever worked for Disney. And it's um, that's on purpose because I didn't want to ever represent them in any way. I love Disney but I love them so much, I didn't want to put me or them in any kind of a bad situation. Mm.
3: Yeah, I did notice. You were always really careful about that.
1: This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Are you searching for a new job? That can be stressful, scary, and time consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want, and the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole, never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through the interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary, offer, or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Hired is the world's most intelligent, talent-matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering, development, design, product management, data science, sales, and marketing. We make your job search faster, focused, and stress-free. Instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best, Hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, top employers apply to hire you. And on Hired, you receive personal interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about what opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Hired offers access to more than 4,000 innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups. The size and type of company you want to connect with is totally up to you. And we help you find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Open to relocation, let them know. Your privacy and autonomy in your job search is of utmost importance. And if you go check them out at the show's link, that's higher.com slash adventures in Angular, you can get double their normal hiring bonus. So instead of $300, you get $600 for signing up at our link. That's higher.com slash adventures in Angular. Well, I'm also gonna put out there, cause um, I want people to know Uh, This is all good advice, but some companies are just going to be like, "Oh, you got accepted to speak at a conference. All right, you know, we'll we'll pay to put you up." And I I, I've I've worked (laughs) with some of these companies. I know people have worked at several of these companies, so it cuts both ways. You just have to make sure that you understand what where the line is or what the limitations are. I mean, one other example, I we did an episode with Amazon with some of their Ruby developers on Ruby Rogues, and you know. They they had a talk a workshop that they did at RubyConf um, and Amazon just straight up signed off on it. But then they you know we we start talking to them about doing a podcast episode about deploying to Amazon and using Amazon services, and we had to jump through a whole bunch of hoops and they had to um, approve the episode before it went out. You know just to make sure that it was in line with their company's messaging. And so um, you may find also that speaking at conferences, they look at differently from other types of uh, public appearance. And so just keep that in mind as well.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of places that will be very happy to let you speak. And uh, to be clear, I've had a very blessed time with the companies I worked with. All the companies I've been with have been very easy to work with. Uh, While there's been rules, I've always been able to work it out myself. But um, I think you're right alyssa maybe not already knows how to be open up front or, or even knows that you should try to do that because maybe mm-hmm. you just assume in some ways I'm not saying you but maybe you just assume sometimes that this will be okay
3: oh no um, and I'll definitely you know. say that like i have issues with that and it's not the openness so much because i love to have that kind of um rapport with people where you can just say hey i'm having issues with this or what did you mean yeah. by that but I think it's literally just the but thought never crossed my mind to get more specific. Like, <laughs>
2: right. yeah, you didn't know what you so. didn't know. Yeah. yeah, no, you should yeah. always be, like,
0: yeah. It's just like any other contract. And again, you can get pretty specific and get agreements on everything, and then still things can change. Right? And either you, at every point, you just have to decide: uh, is the is this still fit right for me? Is this mm. right? Fit? Sometimes, like. I, I do a lot of uh, teaching to a group of uh, students from one of the boot camps. Mm-hmm. I, usually, I oftentimes teach their last day about uh, preparing for job interviews and stuff like that. And I always try to give them some coaching about, hey, getting your first job is hard. So don't listen to all the people that have been doing development for five or ten years talking about, well, it's got to have a ping pong table and I've got to have <laughs> unlimited time off. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> do you have
0: to do to get a job? And then – for for a lot of people, they we're, I think we miss out and don't realize that there's plenty of developers out there who are still in tough positions and just they have to put food on the table and they have to do it in the best way possible. And sometimes they're working at jobs that they wish they didn't have to because they they don't have as many choices. They might live in a smaller area with fewer jobs or they might be doing a technology that doesn't have as many choices. So, you know, we should keep that idea in mind that there are other perspectives of oh my gosh they won't let me go to three conferences a
2: year i am out of here right <laughs> and keep in mind too that we are an entitled society i mean yeah. i am we all are you know we're worrying about see, this and other people because. are worrying about trying to find food you know yeah. <laughs> for the family and like oh darn i can't go to ng comp this year you know mm. um, it's not the end of the world <laughs> by any means sorry joe
0: Tell you what, in the wintertime, you are
2: way more entitled than I am, John.
0: <laughs> when it's zero degrees here.
2: <laughs> I don't know. We just had uh, my team had an outing here in Orlando, and it was the hottest day of the year here. And I think they all about yeah. just about melted. Oh, wow. <laughs> was it,
3: wasn't it like, what was it, 103 or was it higher than that?
2: Yeah, it was, it was pretty pretty hot. Even for me, it was hot. We're walking around having a scavenger hunt at one of the parks, and they were oh, just no, about to melt didn't. into the pavement. Oh, yes. Oh, my
3: gosh. Yeah. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up well, one morning after one of those hot days, and I was like, I was telling my project manager, I was like, I don't know why, but I feel like I have a hangover, but I didn't drink at all yesterday. And she was like, did you drink water? And I was like, oh.
2: <laughs> oh, that wet thing, that clear liquid?
3: Oh. <laughs> okay, so... Win a hundred plus, drink more water. Got it.
2: <laughs> but to kind of sum
0: back up, I think in the end, attending conferences is good for your career and is something it is a good thing to try to fit in, you know, a couple at least a couple of times a year if possible. This is good for your and I'm speaking to the developers, not the companies, right? As a developer, you should try to attend a conference a couple of times a year if possible.
2: It's good for your career. Mm. Um there, there know, really are no negatives. Yeah. I mean, as a developer, there's really no negative. As long as you engage with somebody there, there's really no negatives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's no negatives. Dean if you don't, I think you could show up, never talk to another person,
0: not st- miss out on all of the other benefits, and still be have some benefits from sitting in the room, uh, overhearing conversations. Re- right. You know, listening. There's right. definitely still some some benefits to be to be had. What
2: What if somebody just wants to go and get inside the narwhal? Costume. Oh my gosh! Then that's to tough. nothing. But <laughs> <laughs> nothing but yeah. So I th- there's one more topic I kind
0: of wanted to touch on real briefly before we end, and that is uh, becoming a speaker at con- speaking at conferences. And what's the where should where should people put that on their priority list as they look at their own careers?
1: Well, I I think it really comes down to what you want. Again, I mean. I've, I've met developers who they just wanted to put food on the table and then they wanted to go play basketball with their buddies after work. And then I've met people who, you know, are out oh, there and they... Chuck. What?
0: I wanted after work, I wanted to just go scrapbook with my buddies after work.
1: Yeah, that too. <laughs> well, you know, but, I want to
0: say all kinds of
1: all kinds. That's fine. hobbies. That's all fine. Kinds of hobbies. I won't judge. Um, <laughs> and then, um, you know, I've met the people who, you know, they're out there and they want to write great software, but you know, they're not looking to build a reputation. And as long as they can find a job and they feel like they're, you know, contributing and learning and everything else, then, then they're excited about that. And then there are the people who are out there and they're like, you know what, I feel like I can make a difference in this way, or they have some other fulfillment factor that speaking fills for them. And so I think, I think it really just boils down to what you want from your career.
3: Yeah, no, and I I definitely don't think there's a a right or wrong. Yeah. You know, if you're on either side of the fence or in between, it's it's mm -hmm. fine as long as you're getting what you need out of your career and at the end of the day out of your life. So yeah. I
1: I think people glamorize it and then they talk to people who have glamorized it and then they're like, Well, do I have to take that next step in your career? And my answer is if you don't want to, don't.
0: Well, that doesn't definitely doesn't have to be the next step. There are plenty of it's more like which branch, you know, what do you want to do and what do you want to do for now? You don't yeah. have to it, what what works for you for right now. Totally agree with that. But that being said, I do think that be speaking is very valuable. Oh, absolutely. I I, I also like it. I like uh the aspect of giving back, right? Like speaking is an unpaid Yeah, you might get uh, your travel costs covered. And you might get the ticket for free. But in the end, if you look at the like number of hours you put in to speak versus what you actually got out of it, it would be cheaper to work that time and pay for yourself than it would be to to prep the, the talk. So right. <laughs> um, you're definitely giving back to the industry, and I think that's a really important thing. And you could do that even if you don't want to go off to conferences and speak. You could do that by going and speaking at your local meetups as well. But I also think that co- speaking at conferences is good for your career. I've noticed a big bump in my uh, employability when I started speaking at conferences. Mm-hmm. So... I uh, that's along with attending conferences. I also think that speaking is good for your career if that ends up being so. But so is contributing to open source, right? Contributing Mm. to open source is also very good for your career.
1: Yeah. So So how do you do it then? If if you decide you know what this is going to take me where I want to go, how do you how do you get into speaking?
0: you start at meetups, you start speaking at meetups as often as possible. And I, you, there's no doubt in my mind, you will find meetups that are just desperate to have you come and speak. Even if you, you know, you start with just five minute talks and he always asks people to give you honest feedback about your, be completely, don't take anything personally, whatever they say, you just nod and then you try to act on their feedback, right? I've gotten some pretty brutal feedback. And, uh, as I speak, in fact, um, after having done a lot of presenting and speaking, I got some pretty rough feedback after uh, just really recently because I was speaking with John and Dan Waleen. And those guys are so polished and great that I spoke after them. And I, I, in comparison, I looked quite poor and unprepared in general. So I got some pretty r- brutal feedback. Hey, you did great.
2: <laughs> well,
0: I, all things considered, I was it was great to see it because it let me... Uh, being honest with myself, look at it and say, you're right. You know, I, I can see now a lot of places I could polish up what I was doing and, and improve what I was doing. And so it was great for me. It let, in fact, in some ways it was worse off for John and Dan, because if they don't get any concrete feedback, then they're going to have a, you know, they can only improve incrementally through self-reflection to get some actual feedback that says, Hey, you missed out on doing this, or you could have done this better. Right. That makes it a lot easier to say, wow. Okay. I have some very, something very easy to work on versus I just want to be more polished, I guess. I don't know,
2: right? Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts on on speaking. It's actually and we I've talked about this week with my team because we were just reflecting on stuff we do. And my whole team is pretty experienced at speaking, but still, it's good to look back. Uh, first, I don't think a lot of people know how many meetups are in their area. So that meetups site that you can go to, is it meetups.com, I believe?
1: Meetup.com. Uh,
2: meetup.com. Yeah. The, if you look in there, like I was talking to my buddies here and in his area, he was telling me, he's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe there's like nine groups in this area who do Node or JavaScript or Web. He's like, I was going to start a new one, but that's so not what I need to do. I'm just going to go to one of these and talk there. Mm. Uh, you know, so looking on that site, you're going to discover where they are. So that's I think it's the first thing if you haven't been out to speak and then just contact the organizer and ask them. But The second thing is even for experienced speakers or or beginners. Uh, Joe does this and and I do it as well Is about, I don't know, two to three times a year. I hire some kind of a speaking coach. Uh, Now, maybe a voice coach or maybe a stage presence coach, or it may just be somebody who does like commercial voiceovers. Or uh, I've also met with people who like actually review your content or watch Mm -hmm. your videos and give you advice. Uh, And I don't watch and listen and like take it as the Bible. What I do is I Look at it as this is another perspective somebody who has watched successful people do this. And it opens my mind to ideas that maybe I didn't think about before because it's very hard to self-evaluate you just, without that feedback. And getting feedback from one person who didn't like how you talked at a particular workshop isn't as useful to me as hearing it from somebody who has seen thousands of sessions. So I, I like to use those, and I pay about $200 a year for these various <laughs> services, not a lot of money overall, uh, just to hear people professionally tell me, you should try this, or why don't you try that, or instead of standing this way, stand that way. Uh, and there's a lot of really interesting things that, you know, we always think about, well, the demo's got to be damn good. The mm-hmm. demo is like one tiny piece of what you're doing. You know, you got your voice, you got your body posture, you've got your eyes, you've got your demo, you've got your slides. So much goes into this, the CFP, the abstract, the title, um, the way you dress, you know, the lighting on the stage. Where's the screen? Are you turning your back to the audience when you point at the screen?
3: Or even things like facial expressions. What are you doing with your hands? Absolutely. Does that look like a nervous movement, even though it's just a tick that you do? You know, things like this that you are, may have never even noticed. So.
2: And it's not, you don't want to get in like golf situation. What I mean by that is, you know, if you've ever gotten golf lessons before, oh my gosh, you're like, stand straight, turn your elbow in and out, stick your ear over here, put your hand behind. You feel like goofy from from Mickey Mouse, right? You're about to swing and you're like, you can't even think about the ball anymore because you're trying to do all these things. So when you speak, you can't look at 800 things. You know, I usually just try to pick out one of them and go, next time I speak, I'm going to take that little piece of advice and try not to do that one thing or try to do that better. So I think that's been really helpful for me, learning, because hearing somebody say you did a good job or bad job isn't, While well, it feels good or bad. It doesn't help. Um, being self-evaluating and always getting better is, uh, is a big thing. And it's, it's taught me to communicate better with people.
1: Well, and to if learn, you, use that, if you want that kind of routine feedback as far as like your actual speaking skills and your ability to articulate and where to stand and how to do all this stuff. I found that Toastmasters has been extremely helpful for me. And I find that I'm usually able to speak every two or three weeks in my club. And if you're in a smaller club, you can probably speak just about every week. But just to kind of run you through how this works, A, you have somebody there who's counting every time you say, um, uh, you know, like, or you you stop and start. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) And you also have somebody else there who is counting up and keeping track of grammatical mistakes. So if you say something incorrectly, they will call you out on it. And then if you speak, they actually... So the first section of the meeting is the speeches, and then the next part of the meeting uh, is table topics, which are kind of impromptu talks. They're almost like lightning talks. And then after that, you get evaluations of the speeches. And so if you want somebody to evaluate your speech and you give a five to seven minute talk typically, then it's it's a terrific way to go. And these are people who have been involved in this and talking about speaking and things around it for, you know, for years in a lot of cases. I mean, I've had some uh, really, really helpful evaluations through Toastmasters. And then the other thing, and I don't think people realize this, they, they hear Toastmasters and they'll help you speaking and all this stuff, but they don't really understand what it is, uh, your first manual walks you through the basics of formulating a good speech. So, yeah, the first one is sort of an intro to me, and it gives everyone an idea of where you're at. But then it's organizing a speech and vocal variety and how you say it and all of these different things. You know, there's a persuasive speech and there's a, a passionate speech. And anyway, you just you get all of these different parts of of speaking and you give a speech focusing on that one thing. And that's, that's what John said that made me think of it was just that he's like, I get this one piece of feedback on this one thing and I focus on doing that better the next time. And that's what Mm -hmm. these speeches do. And then you can uh, pick up some of the advanced manuals and it's professional speaking where you're speaking with slides and things like that. And anyway, um, it's been really, really helpful for me just from the standpoint of, hey, here's how you present the message you're going to present. And I found that a lot of the mannerisms and nervous tics that I had when I spoke before, they've trained a lot of those out of me. And I don't really think about a lot of the things that I'm doing right. Because every time I speak at Toastmasters, I'm getting pushed to be better at those things. And, Mm. uh, you know, they also have speech contests and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're interested in any of that. But anyway, it's a lot of fun. And You know, you get to do storytelling and I'm in with a really, really fun group here in uh, Draper, Utah. And, you know, we get together on Thursday mornings and we have a terrific time and we all learn something. So anyway, I can't recommend highly enough uh, to find a Toastmasters group. You can probably find them on meetup.com. A lot of the clubs are on there, but you can also go to toastmasters.org and then just do a search for clubs in your area and you can probably find one. It is a dues organization, so you'd have to pay to be a member, but it's not that expensive.
3: Cool. Definitely. It sounds like something if you want to up your speaking game, because like every other week, that's a lot of practice. So,
1: Yeah. Yeah. In in the bigger clubs with more speakers, I mean, obviously, you're not going to get in as often, but you'll probably still be able to speak at least once a month. And get that yeah. Kind
2: and we, of could do, we could do a show sometime, too, about speaking tips and stuff. And
1: Yeah. Well, let's, let's go ahead and do picks then. Don't wait for users to report problems. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. You can replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files and having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. It has full support for JavaScript and all other major languages and platforms. It takes less than 10 minutes to set up and you can get a free 14 day trial by going to raygun.com and signing up today. I, I was going to pick, pick on Joe again to go first, but I think I'm I'll make, go first. Okay. You always okay, complain so, when I make you go first.
0: I know that's because that's because I'm not prepared today. I'm prepared for once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got one pick for you. And that is a speaker trainer that I have gone to personally. And we've also employed for NG comp for, with, for our speakers. Valerie Kittle. Yep. So I've worked with Valerie, she's a local here in Utah, but she does online training as well. She was awesome, like, she blew my mind after having spent years and years and years speaking, and I worked with her on a keynote I was gonna give, she blew my mind with how many things I was like not even thinking about that I could totally level up on. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's valeriekittle.com, we'll put the URL in the show notes. And she's been, she's just was an amazing, amazing speaker trainer. So, from all kinds of things, how you speak, where you stand on the stage, how you enter and leave the stage, your content, she was
2: able to do everything. So, I highly couldn't recommend her more. So, that's my pick. I highly agree with that. I've also used Valerie on a tip from Joe and for myself and for my team. And everybody I know who's used her for doing better has really loved and benefited from her.
3: Yeah, she's amazing.
1: All right, Alyssa, what are your picks?
3: Um, I have a pick for um, a meetup, and it's an online meetup, and it's called NG Houston. And I think if you're looking to do something like Toastmasters or get into more meetups, this one is online, and they do it weekly, and so it's something you don't have to be in Texas to be a part of, and they do lots of Angular topics, so Um, I know the amazing woman and daughter team that run it and they, if you reach out to them, I'll put the like meetup.com slash NG Houston in the show notes. But if you reach out to them, they would love, love, love to have more speakers. So definitely think about joining that group. But yeah, that's mine.
1: All right, John, what are your
2: picks? So I'm just going to do a simple pick for, for speaking advice, something I see a lot and I used to do this myself and I still have to train myself not to is when on stage, it's very easy to speak at the audience or to assume the audience knows what you're feeling or to assume they already th- they should already know why the thing you're talking about is important or that they already want to do the thing that you're talking about. Don't. Don't assume any of those things. Instead, try to bring the audience on the same journey that you went through when you learned that thing. Go back, figure it out, See how you felt the first time you went through it and try to bring the audience that way. The more you can do that, the more you're going to engage with your audience, the more they'll enjoy it, and the more they'll get your message at the end, as opposed to just hearing you talk about a technology that maybe they don't even know where you're coming from. So it's an interesting trick. It's a lot harder to do, but think about the best stories that you've ever been told. Somebody brings you along with them. That's much more effective than just saying, you should use XYZ technology, and here's why. And sometimes we even forget to tell them why. We just say, here's how you use that technology X, Y, Z. Great. Why do I need that? So just, uh, it's a good tip. Think about it. Ask yourself why five times. That's where I start. Why should I use this? Okay, but why is it important? It's important because I want to do this. Why do you want to do that? Just kind of trace backwards.
1: Yep. So I'm going to jump in with a pick. We, We talked about conferences and online conferences. And I'm putting on Angular Dev Summit in September. So, you know, this will come out about a week after we're recording this. So if you're interested, uh, you can still get tickets. I'm putting it on for free. So if you want to come and hear the speakers speak, you you can. If you want to get the recordings afterward, then you can buy a ticket. And that'll get you access to that in the Slack room and some other stuff. But anyway, yeah, AngularDevSummit.com. And I guess we'll just wrap it up there and we'll catch everyone next week. Peace